let's go this is the healing journey um this is your nurse leticia we are back at it just interviewing people interviewing women interviewing world changers and as my vision board says people who are changes generations people who are doing things in life and not allowing trauma to stop them and not allowing pain and grief to stop them i'm sure we all have some pain and grief going on right now in the midst of COVID. However, we have a focus that says this won't stop us. So I want to um, allow my guest to introduce herself. You have the floor, um, it's your turn. Thank you, Nurse Leticia. I am so happy to join you to change generations, as you say, you know, start healing one day at a time from where we are. Uh, my name is Meg Nossero. I had to do that for myself, so to speak. And bottom lining it, there was no way I was gonna stay where I was. There's no way I was gonna be stuck in that trauma because there's no way, or that is no way to live. And 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 when we when we speak of living, it's that definition that's defined by the person who uses that word, breathing into your life, you know, bringing it in, inhaling it exhaling so i was a former federal prosecutor for 20 wow. years so which is kind of like the the punchline hello you know, right. <laughs> how, many, how many how many years does it take to burn out from that right right, um, right i have lots of jokes that'll go along with it but the bottom line is that yeah that was my job that was what i woke up every every day getting to do and i say getting to do because there was a lot of good that i could do where i was i was able to make a difference in the lives of so many people who were not willingly there you know sometimes they were because they were coming for you know adjustment of status to stay in the united states permanently and and that was a happy day but yet generally it didn't work out that way so they weren't happy generally to see me which you know kind of burnt on me a little longer as i stayed there so i decided to jump out of that career, take the, you know, the, the leap of faith into um, a new journey in August of 2017. And, you know, I would love to say I haven't looked back. There were moments at the beginning, I was <laughs> like, what did I do? <laughs> like, oh my God, what did I do? Who am I now? Who am I now? That question yes. came up a couple of times, a couple of times, like, who am I without those titles? Who am I without that wisdom? Do I have to learn everything all over again? And, yes. and you know, interestingly, when you ask those questions after the terror gets wiped away from your face, you know, it's like, yep. oh my God, what did I do? You know, I could start walking in a direction that more aligned with my purpose and passion. And wow. that is what I've done with my books. So I've written a trilogy now called Butterflies and Bliss Trilogy. My last one, which I'm so excited, just came out in September, September 7th, 2021. It's called Butterfly Awakens. It's a memoir of transformation through grief. I, I, I say anyone who, well, let me, let me put it this way. I wrote the book for the me that was then when, wow. when I first started walking that journey of saying, this is not how I want my life to go. I wrote this book for that person. And every book that I wrote along the way, my magical guide to bliss is my first rendition, my first book. It was a guide to help me start questioning my life. I was downloading you know, a lot of insight and wisdom from my conversations um, that I had over the years with my mother. My mother, in fact, was the impetus behind this wake up call. She passed away in April of 2011. And, you know, we, everyone has those moments, those ahas. Well, you know, what she said to me before she died is stress is going, overwhelming stress is going to kill you. We have stress in our daily lives, but overwhelming stress every day, you know, that chronic becomes, you know, you're the nurse. I don't need to preach it to you, that's for sure. 
that's going to kill you slowly. And that's a very painful, slow death. But Let me jump in right here, Meg. Hold yeah, on. go. She's dropping so many nuggets right here. I'm like, well, do I just listen or do I talk to her? Like, I, I have so cut many. Me off. I'm a chatter. Yeah, cut me off. I'm I a have chatter. so many questions, Meg. So as you said, this is Nurse Letitia. And as from a nursing standpoint, I have so many questions, so many scenarios that goes through my mind. And the, the, the most recent scenario that crosses my mind is I actually saw a patient a week ago take his last breath. And it okay. has affected me like, like no other that I've ever seen in my past. I've been a nurse for 10 years. And so when you're talking about being stuck in trauma and you're talking about transformation through grief, what happened? Like what gets, cause I know a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues are like, I'm stuck in this trauma. This happened to me when I was four. This happened to me when I was 10 and they're stuck there. Why do people get stuck in that trauma? Well, you know, it's interesting because it's so overwhelming at times that emotion gets stuck. So we don't know how to start processing. We don't know where to begin. So like you said, you, you saw someone, obviously it was a profound connection for you take their last breath. Or maybe you were experiencing something else in your life. Then you saw this and you're like, oh my God, it's, you know, oh my God, tomorrow could be my last day. What am I doing? Yes. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get overwhelmed at first, which is literally really what happened to me too. I was like walking kind of numb for a while because I was like, how am I going to live without my champion mentor who was my mother? So, you know, that, that, that really solid, strong foundation who I knew was always there cheering me on and I could do anything and the unconditional love would come back to me. And believe me, that was built over time. Certainly we had many different renditions of our own relationship that we've worked to, you know, and, 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 you know, it was her time. It was her time. And for me, it's not, it wasn't my time. It's not yeah. my time to jump into the, into the, you know, yeah. whatever it is with her. So I, my butterfly awakens, I, I use the metaphor of the cocoon, right? She went into the cocoon and her butterfly was elevating herself to the next, you know, the next, world where she gets to be a spirit free mine was to figure out how to you know evolve and transform while i'm still in this body yet allowing the process and and i will say to this i will say to your point i think people get stuck because they allow the emotions to get stuck in their body yeah. and i think that that's where chronic illness comes from and they say you know if you have a that i love louise hay and i'll call her out because she speaks to where you have pains in your body it has a correlation to a certain emotion. And you know, whether you believe it or not, it's very interesting to even contemplate the whole mind, body, spirit connection. Body keeps the score. That, that's another book that I definitely read. Yeah, yep. <laughs> read you it. Know, yep. The nervous system is a very interesting, yep. you know, thing, uh, you know, that, you know, we have to, and for me, my nervous system went off the skids. Like I, my anxiety started showing up. Like I never had anxiety attacks ever before. And then I started having them. And it's just, that's a scary feeling. I don't know if any of your audience out there has had experience. I don't know if you have well, but Absolutely. it's like, you feel like you're having a heart attack and you don't understand. What I learned from my experience was it was, I had to find safe places to process my emotions and whatever those emotions came up, anger, you know, sadness, everything it had it had to find a safe place where i wasn't going to be critiqued or judged for showing up authentically how i felt in the moment 
So good, so good. Hey, Meg, let me ask you this. You said, and one of the things you talked about was transition and transformation. How can I hold two truths at the same time? My mom is transitioning into another world and I am transforming into another world. How do you hold both truths at the same time while grieving? Wow, well, it was very <laughs> challenging for me, you know? I, you know, I, and, and I will be honest with regard to this. I didn't do a very good job at the outset, but you know what? No judgments, right? At this point, you know, everyone, like I never, that was my first parent that I've lost. I've lost grandparents before and they were very sad and I'm very emotional. I'm a very empathic, sensitive person as well. But this foundational person in my life, that would like shook me hard. I, yeah. I did not want to think of a world without her in it. What happened for me as I moved through it, certainly for me, I had a lot of a lot of angels on earth who showed up for me and helped me process the emotional part of it. And the reality is that you don't you go from the now here to the nowhere, but the nowhere is everywhere. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. That's so good. if I'm looking for her, all I have to do is call her name. And that's in good. my own mind's eye, I can receive what I need because of the beautiful experiences that I had and because she's still around me that's and that's my belief system so anyone who's listening may have a different understanding of what that is but I find how she shows up in the butterflies I find how she shows up through the voice of another person that I would like synchronistically put it out there like I want to hear from you today and someone will call out and said I'm you know I was at Starbucks crazy story I just like I missed her so much that day I show up at Starbucks and the guy you know how they write their names this guy is clearly a very smart man he knows names to the faces and then everyone comes to the Starbucks and he called me Mary Jo which is my mother's name wow so I'm like she's here right that's my choice to believe that I will hold on to that you can believe whatever you want right. but for me she didn't know he didn't know me from Adam and he called me Mary Jo, the, the one name that is my mother. So, so good. You talk about your mother a lot. How has that relationship evolved as you got older? You know, I have a teenager, I have a 16 year old and mentor a lot of kids and they and I'm sure they'll get it eventually. But can you talk about the how the relationship evolved with your mother and the importance of having a, a safe place in a mother for mother, daughters, mother, sons to go to? Because I also work with girls who have been sex trafficked and not oh. having that motherly covering or fatherly covering is is a huge piece so how did your relationship with your mother evolve and what is the importance of it because many people i talk to is like i hate my mom i'm so mad at her this is i, I just will never forgive her what would you say <laughs> well i always look to my children and say well you can use that when you are on the therapist couch one day you know i did something awful okay i am sorry you know i you know, one of the things my parents did teach us as kids is I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? It changes wow. the energy around the apology. But I will be honest with you. My mother went through a lot of you know, discernment herself and her life. Mm. And, and she was definitely an inward, uh, an inward looking, inward mm. uh, experiencing. So she did a lot of work on herself so that when I became an adult, I could be in relationship with her from a different space than when I was a kid. She grew up a lot, I grew up a lot. Uh, you know, she literally apologized to me for any way in which she failed me as a kid, which is a very powerful thing for someone to do in any relationship. Because I don't know what I've done in my life to hurt another person, but I am so sorry for anything that you would perceive as, as being uh, harmful to you. 
that lifts a lot of weight off your shoulders because you know a lot of there's a lot of shame in the relationships of uh, parent to child yes we have expectations that we impose on our children i have two so i understand those expectations the expectation if we work on ourselves generally comes from a place of love yes and yes. if it's coming from a place of love then a conversation can be can happen if I am acting from a place of anger because my needs aren't getting met, I'm the adult here. I have a 12 year old, you know, I have to step back and say too much, too much. I need to process this before I lash out at others. Human, we're all human, right? We're all human. So she could say that she hates me. You know, she could say that she doesn't like me. That's okay. As long as I don't allow the resentment to build up over time so that it can be addressed. And resentment in it of itself means to feel something over and over again. And if it's a good feeling, you know, hey, that's a great thing, right? Uh, every time I see Letitia, Nurse Letitia, you know, my body gets excited. I'm so happy, you know, it's like the best day. But if I see someone who's hurt me in a way that I don't feel lifted, yes, I will feel depleted and less than, and the shame comes over. That's so good. And so good. You know, I listen to a lot of Brene Brown and that's what she talks about, that vulnerability and that shame. And I think as mothers, we want that, whether we had it or not, we want our children to be vulnerable with us and not feel shameful regardless. Because you talked about un unconditional love. You knew your mother would bring you back to that unconditional love. Um, one of the things that, you know, you talk about is um, listening how do we listen what does the art of listening entail because you know a lot of us again as mothers as parents as daughters we it's hard to listen because we we always, <laughs> we always want to talk we know it all please teach us the art of listening <laughs> oh my god you know one of the best best on the job experiences i've ever had was you know being a litigator right you and especially a prosecutor because yeah. you have to listen for the holes in a story not necessarily a good, you know, analogy, wholehearted, you know, because I'm looking for the, the fabrications and the lies. My kids can't get away with anything. So I see it on the face, I see it on the yes. body. But what it does in fact teach you is to hear the questions, hear the answers, and then being able to artfully take it into a direction that will elevate the conversation rather than deplete it. Now we know better, we do better, right? Maya, God bless Maya, right? We yeah. know better, we do better. And I'll tell you, if you are conscious in conversations yes. and you're not looking for a way to take someone down in arguments, which I can do, by the way, <laughs> as a lawyer, I can take them down, you know, know I can, I, which is something that I need to really, my husband's a litigator too, so the two of us, ooh, it's not a good scene sometimes, oh. but you know, at the end of the day, when you do listen to someone be vulnerable with their spirit, you are opening up a sacred space of opportunity to move the conversation forward yeah. and also be seen as well as be heard, right? That, that I think is so important because everyone in this world and whether we like it or not, wants to be seen for who they authentically are and wants to be loved for who, and you know, one of the most beautiful things I do in coaching for all the time is the act of validation. You know, I'm so proud of you. If you tell your kid that, it's gold. And you yeah. may like, listen, I, you know, my kid got detention last week. And I said to her, I read what she wrote. I said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you because you took the time to think exactly about what happened and process it. So good. So when you move forward again, you know better. You know so better. Good. Yes. 
that is va very validating. And we don't tend to validate because we're so in competition with each other and that collaborative effort seems to fall away. So, so when we decide- you, I'm sorry, you said something, we are in competition with each other. If we are trying to go from a caterpillar to a butterfly, how does the, comp the uh, competition and the opposition um, hinder our growth from a caterpillar to a butterfly? Okay, so by the way, type A personality here. So, right, gotta control <laughs> everything around me. I mean, like, okay, what, what? And especially with our children, talk about the kid thing again. Oh my God, I, what, you need to go that direction because I can't imagine like all the different scenarios, right? We ruminate over what could happen bad <laughs> to our children because we're the mama bears. Yes. If we have that role, we take on that role. We wanna protect them, we love them. We wanna, you know, guide them correctly. But I'll tell you for the own personal spiritual journey, me, Meg, I fought it a lot. And then I got to a point where it was so exhausting, I had to surrender to the process. Why were you now, fighting? Were you afraid? Were you not ready? Were you? You know, you know, I have to say, I, I think fear is definitely a factor, you know, and the whole faith component. I questioned a lot about my faith. You know, I I was like, how could my faith ever be be strong when my mother, who had an incredible faith in God, how she she prayed for her miracle and she didn't get it. And and looking back, I will say this, a lot of people, and I've been told this many times over, a lot of people leave a, a blessing and a miracle for those who left, they leave behind. Wow. That their, their journey is over and now they can do more in the next realm than they can here through those who they've touched in their life, in their legacy, right? Yes. Now tell that to someone who just lost someone and tell that to someone who, you know, just saw someone take their last breath. I mean, it takes a bit, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like, okay, we're all like happy go lucky right. again. But I think because you mourn so deeply, you loved so deeply. Yes. And I think that that can't be overlooked. And I think it's a process and the grief has to be processed through you. It's a beautiful thing because it's a part of life. It's something that we all go through. If we don't acknowledge or trust that process or surrender to it, guess what happens? It haunts us later. It comes back. You cannot run from yourself, right? Wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, it's like the only person who's looking back in that mirror is going to be you. So it's time when you're ready to embrace the process and trust that your life has purpose, that your life is meant for something great because you're here breathing on this earth. And then everything that you've learned so far and the gifts of those that you've loved, you've gone on, they're not going to leave you. So the caterpillar, you know, you know, and, and, and I love the metaphor once again, because, you know, it turns into a gooey mess in the cocoon, mm. in the crystallis. I mean, you fall apart, right? It, it's in JK Rowling's of, you know, Harry Potter wrote, it's at rock bottom that my life began to transform where I, where everything started to change. You have to hit mm. where you, you have nothing else to lose to get everything, to gain everything. Yes. God, it's so powerful, that, right? That, you talk about falling into that pit and and yeah. but in that darkness. How do you navigate in that dark season? Because again, uh, I'm my one, favorite question. I had this one that passed uh, 20, year, 20 years ago and it really transformed and transitioned my life. So the dichotomy of both worlds is happening at the same time. And yeah, people yeah. ask, how did you navigate in that time? So I'm gonna ask you the same question. I, I don't yeah. know how I navigate it. So please tell our audience how to navigate through and during dark times. 
Well, you know, they always say it's at the broken places that the light gets in, right? Mm. So when you embrace that brokenness in you, that is the first time where you can look up, you know, and I love the other quote, you know, don't curse the darkness, light a candle. Wow. So either you figure out how to light that candle or you look for the candles that are around you. Yes. Because there's always going to be one that's shining bright as that, that will be your guiding light. And for me, that's what happened. Actually, I will tell you this. The, the first day I went back to work after my mother passed away, one of my very best friends, Grace Holly, she sent me um, this beautiful dragonfly light, right? And I woke up, I was pissed. I didn't want to go back to work. How could the world go on while I'm still mourning this? How can the world be happy when I'm still terrified and crying? How can, how can, how can, how can, how can? And I literally fell over the box on my way out of the house and it turned out to be this lamp. And I put it in my corner in my closet, which I basically spent a lot of time in crying, by the way, in the dark. I turned the light on and I said, her light will always be there for me. Mm. Her light will always be there for me. If I forget, I'm reminded. Thank you so much, Grace, for the symbolism of that. Because I think symbolically, we have little things in our life that show up that we can hold on to that hope that tomorrow will be a better day. That today stinks, <laughs> that tomorrow could be a better day if I just don't give up, never give up. It's always too early to quit. So for me going through the darkness, you know, I, I looked for a lot of shiny lights to find that light within me again. And, you know, there's so many wonderful, you know, wonderful opportunities in that when you are in a dark place. And I have gained a lot of tools that have helped me. Writing was a tool for sure, mm. for sure. Writing allowed me to connect to my mother, which I am so grateful for till this day. Um, people have been, I don't use people as tools, but they have shown me tools. They've shown me, like, like we're talking about the nervous system before, like tapping and acupuncture and acupressure and meditation yes. and you know you know i'm the unwilling meditator for sure but i i am like at my my bottom <laughs> you know music 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 a beautiful song that takes me back to my soul again so good so good you know you you i'm sitting here right i have so many notes you said don't curse the darkness light a candle in the middle of it and that's just so empowering to me and what it does is it tells me i can continue on on this journey in the midst of darkness and you talk about female empowerment what would you say to all the women all the young girls out there who saying you know what i may have just lost a mother i'm struggling right now i'm having um i'm having some guilt about moving on i don't uh, want to do these things i'm stuck in my trauma because of of where i came from i'm bonded to that trauma like i've come from poverty and welfare and i struggled with it for a while to say okay i'm a nurse i'm making this much money do i need am i stuck in that trauma though do i deserve to live this good life when my, my parents aren't. And so what would you say to women who says, you know what, I don't think that I deserve this and I, I'm still feeling stuck and guilty. So many things, many things. <laughs> and, I, and I love the fact, many things, many things. I am a huge advocate of empowering other women because we women are the nurturers. We women are the empowerers. We women are going to be the change that this world needs. And I know it. Nothing to do, I mean, not, no bad words against the men, but right. I know women are the empathetic, you know, BAs yeah. for sure. So what I would say to them is, is okay. It's okay. Everything you feel 
is okay. It's more than okay. Because at, at its root, there is a lesson there. And at its core, life is unfolding with purpose. So wow. if you live life, like Rumi, Rumi says, I love Rumi, live life as if everything is rigged in your favor. Wow. What is the purpose of what is happening that's going to give you the tools you need when you stand on a greater platform wow. to empower others to do the same? So when you become a catalyst for change, for changing generations like you speak to, for being that voice to other people who are similarly situated in a welfare type situation and not feeling particularly psyched about where they are, then you turn around and say, I've been there. I'm ready to walk you through this with wow. you because I know what lies ahead. Yes. And I know that I can give you hope as long as you're willing to receive it. Now I'm telling you, people go to the water, you can't force them to drink, but the little <laughs> bit of nibbles, right? The little, little, you know, the little taste over and over again. You hear it over and over again. It's a habitual pathway. Neural pathways in your brain are easily retraced, yeah. easily redrawn. And if you continue to feed that, those words of inspiration in the hearts and souls of another person, you change an entire generation like what you want to do. So amazing. So good. You know, uh, Meg, as we begin to conclude, you know, like I alluded to earlier, I work with a lot of girls who have gone, who are in sex trafficking. And it is the saddest, the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, nursing is good, easy compared to this. Um, with that being said, how do we help them get unstuck for, from their trauma and, and truly live a life that they deserve to say, I am not my trauma? Because they do have this identity and this stigma that this is what, what happened to me and I have to become this. And we are working on changing the story and change. I have one girl, I'll call her a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece, regardless of what's going on in your life. I still see you as a masterpiece, but you said it, we could plant the seeds, but the, the person has to want to change. How do we help them get into those positions to change, to say, you know what? I don't want this anymore. <laughs> well, for sure. If that is something that story has happened to them, I, you know, for, for, for a long period of time, it can be very chronic, the beliefs that they have, that they're not worthy, that this is all that there is for yeah. them. And that they just, you know, decide that there's no, there's who is going to change that, who yes. is going to help them. So they become a very, um, a mentality where, well, this is it. I, this is what I'm, this is what I'm, but when they meet someone like you, when you're planting those seeds, the possibilities start to change, start to grow. What I will say is, you know, one of the most beautiful things that I've ever experienced is when I have been present to when someone's light comes back on. Yes. There is nothing better in life to see someone who is overwhelmed by darkness to begin to get curious about the light. Yes. And the curiosity, the little bit of, you know, wanting to know there's something else could be the one thing that takes them from where they are so they start writing a better story for where they're going. And when they realize that even the story that they have lived has purpose for their future, then that changes their notion of when they look in the mirror it turns into a beautiful person rather than so one good. That's been taken advantage of. So, so good. 
I will say the healthiest thing, and I, I see, you know, you have the word wealthy, but the wealthiest thing that we can give to another person is not material possession, but it's the opportunity to see themselves through your eyes. Yes. And, and the reality is, is I know a face that's been through a lot, but once you start to crack open those moments of joy again, then tell them and, and that's a listening component for you Leticia because you give them that sacred space to be holistically who they are no shame in owning the feelings that they feel that are bad they feel that they're not good enough that's there's no shame in that because that's their life circumstances coming out but they have to process that so they can yes. walk the journey and if they don't if they if it stays then you know then they will relive that relive the resentment over and over and over again but if they allow someone to grab their hand and take them forward that's the first step into a new life, which so good. So good. You know, um, we'll wrap up on this question, Meg. Um, you know, we have the mother, we have the daughter, we have the father, we have the, the, um, sex trafficker. We have the pimp. We have the girls who have been sex trafficked. We have the people who are in jail. We have the colleagues, the business owners, the lawyers. How do we live happier lives? during these challenging times regardless of our situations and circumstances we are all going through some type of challenge in our life how do we live happier lives during this time Meg? i i i want to say that you know i've always said two things happy is a decision mm. and happiness is an inside job and i love the book by victor frankel when he writes about a man's greater meaning of life yes yes he talks about how they may have my body but they'll never take my mind wait say that again wait 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 say that again they say it again i can't i'm gonna mess it up say it again while i write it down they may have my body but they can never take my mind wow and i will second that with my favorite eleanor roosevelt no one makes you feel inferior without your consent. Yes. That consent is where your power lies. And as long as you hold on to that power, no one can ever tell you who you are. You will always come back to your spirit and your soul. And that's the beauty of you. Wow. You, that is a great note to end it on, Meg. You know, I am big about knowing who I am, knowing who up you are. I, I mentor a lot of women. I mentor a lot of kids in the community and that they will, they know you can check our phones right now, five in the morning. I'm texting. Who are you? Telling my 16 year old daughter, who are you? You, you better know who you are because everything is falls in line after that. Like you said, um, I write the story. I'm going to yeah. write the story and yeah. knowing who I am is the beginning of writing my story. So as we conclude, I want you to leave our listeners with a note about who is Meg. Ah, well, <laughs> Meg, who is Meg in a moment, in a second, right? No, I don't know if I can give it to you in a second, but I will tell you who I've become and who I'm proud of right now. I have walked through some big challenges in my life. I have decided that what I want to keep and what I want to give away, I, that no longer serves me. And one of my favorite things that my really dear friend, Dr. Jessica Mosley always says to me, and I unapologetically show up every day authentically myself. Wow. And if people can't handle that, then they're not to be in that space with me because wow. I do so with intention, with respect, 
integrity, but most of all, love. And when I do, and I'm not necessarily great at it all the time, but I definitely do my best. So, you know, every day is an opportunity to do your best. And I think in that we can, you know, once again, become very resilient individuals, never giving up on our dreams, following our bliss. And then, you know, since we're speaking to a lot of women, I want to say one more quote for you guys. Well-behaved women really make history. That's Eleanor once again. So go out there, speak your truth, and then watch the world with glittering eyes. There's magic all around when you're looking for it. Woohoo, Meg, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your insight. Just thank you for, for being the butterfly that you are. <laughs> being the butterfly that you are. Um, I, I like to always end by telling people that we are here on the healing journey. And what we do on the healing journey, we love God, we live well, and we live intentionally. That is our purpose in life. Love God, lead well, and live intentionally. Thank you, Meg. Thank you so much.